and next week I was going to do a different message than what I've got planned now, and I decided to change it because something happened last week, um, and we had our fifth Sunday service, and I'll be honest, I wasn't overly excited about going at first, you know, um, it's late in the day, I've, I've waited for it, I waited for it, and I was, I was ready to go, and, and I don't know, I, I think I was in my head a little too much, and Sherry was going to come down, and I was going to try to get the house in order, and I gave up on that too, so that's why it looks the way it does, sorry. <laughs> but um, the thing is this, I am so glad I went. And so I realize that we have a God of second chances. And I don't mean that he, not only does he give us second chances, but he wants us to give him a second chance. So I got text messages. I was on my way there anyway. I got text messages. Um, Patty, who's not here, oh shoot, I forgot to include her in the prayer request. Um, Patty, who had the back surgery, she called me and she goes, I feel really bad. I really wanted to go and I can't go. And I said, oh. She said, tell me how it is. I'm like, okay, here I go. I'll tell you how it is. So I am so glad I went. You guys that were there, it was a really, really powerful fifth Sunday service of worship and, and prayer and all that. So next week, we're going to learn from my mistakes. We're going to talk about the God of second chances and how he works through us um, to, to make sure we, we get it right. So that being said, this morning I'm talking about the prayer equation and we were talking about prayer this morning, and I love this picture, because as Mike was describing a conversational Jesus, um, he described something that I pictured very similar to this, and I already kind of picked it out. But, you know, when we talk to God, it's a very casual conversation. And remember, we are not in a religion or faith that does more, tries harder to go after God, to seek God, to find God wherever he's at, whatever it takes to earn that way. And we are in a faith that says God is seeking us. Okay, God comes to us. He sits by us on the bench and he talks to us. And the prayer equation part, that comes from this series we've talked about. If this happens, if we do this, then that happens. We're choosing this, not that. There's so many things that are kind of relying on each other. So in this prayer equation, we're going to talk about the different pieces and more importantly, why. And we really dove into that this morning. And I thought this morning was a, a phenomenal Bible discussion uh, that we had. So... You know, we have many years of friendship and marriages represented in this room. And whenever we celebrate an anniversary, I always ask the question, what's your secret or what advice do you have to offer us? And I usually get some pretty funny responses. We actually didn't have any today, so I'm going to ask now. You long-time married people or people who have a good friend forever, let's, let's hear some advice. Marry, marry the right woman. Marry the right woman. <laughs> Share. Share. Share everything you do. Yeah. Communicate. Communicate. Anything else? Those are good. You know, there's some pearls of wisdom in there, of course, and I'm, I'm watching you. You uh... <laughs> small expectations. Hers or yours? Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, there's element of truth, and you know, and and I think we can all agree. You know, whatever makes her happy. And I think we, we maybe we hit on that a little bit. But um, so how many have learned that the hard way? And I have to openly say that because I have a lake house because I would be uncomfortable in the dog house that I would be residing in most days. So, But if you were to think about your closest, most trusted friend, whether it's a friend you've had for years, a family member or a spouse, and I were to ask you what made that relationship so special to you? You know, what is it so different from other relationships in your life? And there would be a few different answers in the room like we had a minute ago, but there would be a common theme. It'd be something like, you can talk to that person about anything. 
They can be trusted with the truth. They can tell you the absolute truth about yourself or themselves. And above all, they listen. They listen. And these are all good things. And if you can say that about your closest friend with all their worldly flaws and all of your worldly flaws, how much more does your loving Heavenly Father want to be able to say that about you or for you to be able to say that about Him? So depending on when you ask her, my wife Sherry would say that we talk enough, enough in air quotes. Sometimes she may say I talk too much in my defense. Some movies are better with my narration in them. But I digress. Can you imagine what kind of a relationship we would have if the day of our marriage I held her hands, I looked her in the eyes, I recited my vows, I swore my unconditional and unending love, and never said another word to her? And I know what you're thinking. That, that wouldn't be very nice of me at all. And Well, I wasn't being mean. I just wouldn't talk to her. And you said, well, that isn't showing her love. But I told her I loved her and committed my life to her. I even have an official document from the state of Nevada that says so. And isn't that enough? I mean, she's so needy. Kidding. I'm kidding, dear. But can you see where I'm going with this? God doesn't just want that oh-so-important, life-changing, soul-saving decision. He does want that. And he wants that commitment from you. But that is just the start. He wants more than that. And quite frankly, he deserves more than that. And we certainly need more than that ourselves. We need the ongoing relationship that we were intended to have with him. A relationship complete with trust and communication and an intimate connection, just like we talked about with our long-term relationships and marriages. So this morning, we're going to talk about talking to God, and that's we do that via prayer. And this is such an important act of worship and faith that even God's own son did it regularly, both as an example to his followers and also to maintain the depth of a relationship that can only come when you speak to someone. And if Jesus needed to do it, how much more do I and how much more do you? This is so important that God would rather have your obedience and your words of prayer than he would your sacrifices while you're living outside of commandments. Proverbs 15.8 tells it this way, The Lord detests the sacrifices of the wicked, but the prayer of the upright man pleases him. Now that's not to say you have to be perfect to talk to God. Old Testament teachings practiced by the Jews dictated who could talk to God. You could, of course, make your appeal to a priest who could go to a sacred place and talk to God on your behalf. But you've heard me say this before. No one can make my case before God as well as I can. No one knows me as well as I do. And I trust my salvation to no one but myself and Jesus. However, we have an amazing advocate through his son, our Savior Jesus Christ. It was Jesus' sacrifice that reconciled our sins and made possible a way. Let me correct that. He made possible the way for a sinful being like you, a sinful being like me, to have a relationship with a perfect one like him. The book of James tells us that the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. So who among us is righteous? Anybody? Actually, it's all of us. But we are not made righteous by our own actions. You cannot be self-righteous, nor should you try to be. Nor can you judge or proclaim another person to be righteous. There are only two ways to become righteous. One, you can live a pure and sinless life. Anyone? Well, then for the rest of us, you are made righteous through the gift of God's grace as made possible by the perfect sacrifice of the pure and sinless Jesus. This way means that we can now talk directly to God. No need for a priest or a rabbi to intercede. We now have Jesus and the Holy Spirit to intercede on our behalf. 
And we talked about the Trinity last week. But let's not discount the power of praying with and for each other. There is great power and value on multiple levels in bringing our joys and concerns before the Lord as a congregation of friends and followers, just as we did this morning. It also should bring comfort to you that the people sitting around you care and want to share in your successes and your struggles. And this is truly an important and powerful part of our worship service here on Sunday mornings. But as I have a regular reminder you, this does not take place of having that important conversation with the Heavenly Father directly and on your own in between. And that is a power that you have yourself, and you should use it. But friends, this is good news. And honestly, it is the good news. Doesn't that kind of gift deserve a thank you? Well, if you're looking for it, there's the topic of your next prayer. Thank you, God. Prayer is very personal, and we'll talk in a minute about how and why. But let me ask you this. Does anyone feel a little self-conscious when they pray out loud, especially in front of others? That's okay. Let me share this thought with you. Whatever you say to God is a personal conversation between a child and his or her father. A father that is proud of you and is pleased to hear from you. A father who has broad shoulders that can bear your burdens. A father that has thick skin and can take your words of anger and fear. This is a very personal conversation. Perhaps you can think of it this way. I'm going to pray out loud, perhaps publicly, to my father who needs to hear from me. This is a very personal conversation with my father, but you're welcome to listen in. Now, my ex-father-in-law was a football coach. He had a booming voice and prayed in the King James language, complete with all the thines and thous, and it was very impressive to hear. And they sounded impressive, maybe even a little bit intimidating, but as powerful as his prayers seemed to be, it wasn't how he said these prayers that made it so. I knew him well enough to know that his heart was behind the words that he uttered, and that's what gives a prayer power. Not the words you speak necessarily or how you speak them, but, but yes, the words you speak and your intent and your heart. A few weeks ago, and I'm sorry she's not here. She was here earlier. Our special friend Sequoia made a little note for each person here as a reminder of, of something she knows about God. Do you remember that if you were here? And she does this regularly. She made a little note, and, and it was a handwritten note, not typed. It wasn't beautiful, but it was pretty. And perhaps someone may even pick at the grammar or word choice. But don't think for a second that that isn't got taped on God's refrigerator or door in heaven. God is delighted, just as many of us did. He was delighted that this young child gets it. We, she understands. We understand what's important. But Jesus, he does this. He lived by, he taught by example. And he gave us an example of not necessarily what we should say, but certainly how we should pray. When we read the Lord's Prayer from the Scripture... We focus on the specific portion that we recite together each week. But I want to look at it in context for a moment. We dove really deep on this this morning. From Matthew 5, we're introduced to what's called the Sermon on the Mount. And scripture reads it this way. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. And it begins with what we call the Beatitudes. You may have heard these. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted and things like that. Those are called the Beatitudes. And that's a whole different lesson topic in itself. But then he tackles a list of topics while he has this audience. And none of this is new information. In fact, he begins with the words, you have heard it said, and then he says it. He was quoting, referring to the law of Moses. But remember, Jesus did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. His topics for the sermon included murder, divorce, oath, an eye for an eye, love for the enemy, 
giving to the needy. And then we come to the topic of prayer. And this is from today's scripture to remember. It says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So let me pause here for a moment. Jesus is not saying you shouldn't pray out loud or make your prayers or your prayer life known. Rather, he's warning that we should check our motives. James 4.3, and this is from the Amplified Bible, which adds a couple extra words for clarification. It says, you ask God for something and you do not receive it because you ask with wrong motives, out of selfishness or with an unrighteous agenda, so that when you get what you want, you may spend it on your hedonistic desires. Now, that's a little harsh, but God is saying, when you ask for something, do it for the right reason. Ask because it is for his good or his glory, not for selfish desires, not for show. But Jesus, the great teacher that he is, didn't just tell us what not to do. He gave us these words as an example. And this is a quote from scripture, and this is what we read. This then is how you should pray, our Father in heaven, how would be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, and it says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And that elaborates on something we talked about this morning. And we looked at this model prayer in greater detail this morning, and I really appreciate the thoughts and the insights that were shared around the table. It was really good information. I love that, that everybody participated. And I believe the words we choose are important. God wants to hear your honest thoughts, his, your questions, your joys, and your concerns, even though he already knows them. But I also believe that it is the act of the prayer itself that carries so much power. Prayer is a way of putting your faith into action. We talk about this regularly. There's a second part to believing in Christ. It is taking this belief, this lesson, the example, and then doing something with it. And that is true obedience. Now I want to take a moment and watch a short video from the movie War Room. The movie was produced by the same group that brought us Courageous and um, Fireproof. And my words won't do it justice, so we're just going to watch the trailer, which is the preview. Space bar, if you would. Go to the next one. I may have to get it started, sorry. You did. Tomorrow. Another fellow this week. When were you going to tell me? I just did. 
And I've, I've used clips from movies in the past. We've seen uh, Facing the Giants and Fireproof and, and Courageous, certainly. I bought a couple of these, and, and I have it again today. If anybody wants to watch that or any of these movies, War Room is a great one. And I don't want to ruin the story, but it's a husband and wife just really struggling. They're throwing the rope in their marriage and in their family relationships with their jobs and many other ways. And she's a real estate agent and meets a lady who I pictured be my, like Miss Willie. She's going to set you straight and teach you how to pray. Miss Willie has a coffee shop in town if you haven't had the, the pleasure of meeting with Miss Willie yet. Um, so it's a good movie with a great message. And now that it's that stage, I want to share just one more clip. Would you say that it was hot or cold? 
I don't know that I would say it's hot. I mean, we're like most people. We have full schedules. We work. But I, I would consider myself a spiritual person. I'm not hot, but I'm not cold either. Just, you know, somewhere in the middle. Hey, here you go. I've got cream with sugar if you need. Oh, no, thank you. I like it black. Miss Clara, you like your coffee room temperature? No, baby, mine's hot. <laughs> Enough said, right? You know, last July, I shared a message I titled Meant for More, and we talked about being more than meh about God. You know, just that we had that emoticon of the just mosing through life. We looked at what the Bible says about being lukewarm in our faith, and it wasn't good. Uh, I think the character Claire in this, in this clip did an excellent job of making the point, don't you? But I'd like to close with this final thought. Nearly everyone reaches a moment when the one thing he or she can think to do is pray. Tragedy, uncertainty, unrest, fear, insecurities, and trouble, they can bring even the most self-assured person to their knees. Have you been there? God will hear your prayer, and that is a promise repeated throughout Scripture. But friends, God also hears your prayers of joy, of gratitude, and just the casual chat. God delights in hearing from you, and as that is also a promise from Scripture. And I got this this morning uh, from an article I read. What do you say to God? Well, in happy moments, you praise God. In difficult moments, you seek God. In quiet moments, you worship God. In painful moments, you trust God. But in every moment, you thank God. So like an old friend that you may have lost touch with or haven't spoken to in a while, or perhaps you speak regularly and you just really look forward to your next opportunity to do so, church, there is no reason to further delay making that connection. So let's pray right now. Father God, we, we say this often. We know that you seek us. That you want nothing more than a personal, intimate relationship with each one of us individually. And God, that starts with a decision to turn towards you. And God, that's followed up with conversation. God, we may profess our love and, and swear our life to you, but you need to hear it from us as well. And God, quite frankly, we need to hear it back from you as well. We need to know in our times of joy and our times of sorrow that you are there. We need to hear from you. We need to talk to you because we know you listen and you care. So God, again, in this moment, I'm just going to take a few moments of silence because there are still prayers in this room unspoken, joys and concerns, and let this be the first step of connecting to you deeper or connecting to you again. We know that you love us even more. May this be the start of a better, deeper relationship with you. May we always pray with whatever words come to our mouths from our heart. However we, we feel, whatever we need to say, we express, even if it's just a simple word or two or just an utterance or groan, you know our hearts, you hear us, you know what's in our minds. God, help us to exercise that awesome power you've given us. 
unleash it so that we can communicate directly to you and open up the floodgates of your love and blessing back into our lives. Amen. The one thing that's very important, the reason we can even have these conversations directly with God is because of sacrifice, a certain sacrifice that was made that we'll be celebrating here in a couple weeks, and that is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, who came not to condemn, but to bring new life, not to do away with the old laws and commandments, but to fulfill them. And on the night that he was betrayed, he took a loaf of bread, and we've studied this for many, many weeks on this series, when he was at the table with his disciples and how he served them and how he gave them a new commandment. And he said, I'm going where you cannot go right now, and if you follow me, then you will be there with me too. But he broke the bread, and he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he said, the blood is the new covenant. And it is this new covenant that replaces this old law. Not that we are still not to be following the law of the Old Testament. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not covet, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not lie. Honor your mother and father and all those. Not that we shouldn't do it, but we have a new covenant that says, we have sinned, we will continue to sin, but that has been reconciled. We now have this directly with Jesus Christ, but through Jesus Christ to God himself. We need no one else on our behalf. We have ourselves. We have Jesus in our heart. We have the Holy Spirit in our soul. And then we have a direct line to God now. Who cares? So let's take the next few moments as we celebrate this Holy Communion and prepare our hearts not only for today and for this relationship, for the Easter season as well. <laughs>